0: Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you.
1: All right, good morning, Valley Point Church. It is great to see you. And I also want to say hello to everybody in the chapel gathering. I hope you have a wonderful morning as well. For the past six weeks, we have been walking through studying the person that we find in scripture, his name is Simon Peter. And we've been looking at his life, his ups, and his downs, and what we've discovered is that he is a faithful follower of Jesus, but he also has a lot of flaws. And from his life, I think there is so much that we can learn. I'm joined today by Associate Pastor Ben Jones. Will you help me welcome him? Can you do that? great to see you Ben. So grab your talk notes. Can you do that? And get your cup of coffee because we're going to conclude this and just talk about a lot of different things. And you have space in your talk notes to fill in some other thoughts that we haven't talked about yet. And that's kind of the heart of today. So Ben, I presented six different big ideas over the past few weeks. Which big idea impacted you and why?
0: Well, they were all so great. I must say that you, right. you did such a good job preparing all yeah. of those. I have my end of the year evaluation coming up yeah. soon, so <laughs> help me out here. That's right. <laughs> Just kidding. The, um, the one that stuck out to me the most was probably week four, and I will read this one because it, it could have been mm-hmm. the, the longest big idea ever, but it said this. It said, spending time with Peter helps us know that while we may have lived at times in ways that are inconsistent with our pledge to follow Jesus, and here's the phrase that I want us to key in on here is that God does not define us by the worst things that we have done. And I think that this kind of stuck out to me because of, of how universally applicable this is. I think we can all identify with this at times because I feel like a a lot of the times we define ourselves by some of the the worst things that we have Mm -hmm. done. And it's important to realize that that's not how God uh, identifies us. And last week, you talked about the the peaks and the dips of Peter's life. And I think we all experience those. And those can come rather quickly. And we, we can have our ups and downs. And sometimes they come and go. But sometimes they really last and those, those valleys can become even less like dips and more like icy, slippery slopes, <laughs> and we're spinning our tires trying to make it up that hill, and just when we think we, mm. we've overcome that problem in our life, that addiction in our life, just when we think that the, the, the pain of that is gone, the enemy drags us right back mm. down, and we are right back where we thought, we weren't going to be again. And that can be very, very frustrating at times and discouraging. And that could be the case of of past failed relationships. Mm. Uh, It it could be past abuse that that we've encountered, just really poor decisions that, that we've chosen in our lives or depression, anxiety, panic attacks. They just seem to be Always coming back around that we just we just can't find ourselves and we, we might even rely on God through those things, but the enemy has a very unique way of pulling us back just when we feel good about what's going on. so I think it's important to remember that God does not define us by those low moments in That's our right. lives and He wants to help us get back to those mountaintop experiences and the, our, our worst decisions don't discredit us from God's love. Mm. And the worst thing that you have done in your life doesn't discredit you from being used in significant ways to accomplish things for Christ.
1: And this is what's so refreshing yes, about yeah. studying the life of Peter because he helps us see God as someone who reframes our lives and constantly yeah. calls us back to following him. That's and right. This is what we learn from Peter. I found an academic journal about the life of, of Peter. Did. Yeah. And it, a great quote here. Here's what it says The recurrent calls of Christ to Peter to follow in his life show that there's a sense in which a disciple can always become more of a disciple. And that's what struck me as yeah. interesting when we think about the life of Simon Peter a sense where a disciple can always become more of a disciple. The call to follow persists through the life of a disciple that's really interesting the call to follow persists throughout the life of a disciple and so we we, never
0: arrive that's right at discipleship
1: so true and what we discovered i think in six weeks is that peter is on the mountaintop he's following jesus and he's in great shape and then he slips and falls And in those dips, we find Jesus reaching out to him and reinforcing, hey, keep Mm -hmm. following, keep being a disciple. It's really good news. So the big idea that I continue to think about is from week two, which states spending time with Peter helps us see Jesus as someone to pursue even when it's risky. And I love that word risky because It helps us to know that following Jesus, living for Jesus, choosing to be a disciple of Jesus does involve risk. And that can sound scary, but I think it can also be a really exciting thing because we never know how it's gonna turn out when we follow Jesus, and certainly Peter is an example of that. Okay, in six weeks, we did not have the time to cover everything in the life of Peter. There's a lot right. of things he did and said that we didn't even discuss. I asked you to research and find something else that Peter did, so share mm-hmm. that with us.
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, his life is just all over Scripture. It'd be impossible. We, we'd have, we could spend a year mm-hmm. on Peter. But one of the things that I found very fascinating is that a lot of the times we attribute um, the the and accredit the apostle Paul as the one to have originally taken the good news of Jesus to all nations, to Gentile nations. Because as to up to this point, it had only been for the Jewish uh, nation of Israel. Mm. But what we find is a very significant chapter in the book of Acts. And Peter is smack dab in the middle of this. And so to set the, set the stage for what we're gonna read in scripture is that Peter receives a vision from God. And God tells Peter, that he needs to go see this guy named Cornelius, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know Cornelius from anybody else, and he really doesn't understand what what all of this is about. Well, at the same time, God also leads Cornelius to go seek out Peter. And so he sends some of his people to to go find Peter, and they show up, and Peter's like, what, are you kidding me? Yeah, (laughs) let's let's go find out what all this is about. And again, he doesn't know what this has in store for him. But what we're going to pick up is that as Peter arrives at the home of Cornelius and his family. And so Peter enters the home and and here's his greeting. Peter told them, you know, it is against the Jewish laws for me to come into a Gentile home like this. So good job, Peter. Great, great welcome statement. Right. But God has shown me get this that I should never think of anyone as impure. Mm. And so they begin to dialogue back and forth. and, And later on, Peter says this. He says, I see now very clearly that God doesn't show partiality in every nation. He accepts those who fear him and do what is right. So he begins to present the good news of Jesus and his resurrection to Cornelius and his family. And even while he is still doing that, Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all Mm. who had heard the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter, they were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles too. This had never before had been seen uh, by the the Jewish believers. And so now this occurrence happens. Peter leaves and and now he has to go back to Jerusalem and explain all of this to the council of Jerusalem, the the mother church of this whole thing. What have you done, Peter? And they're a little upset. They're like, we are hearing some things. Come and tell us what's going on. And so through some dialogue and uh, some back and forth debating, here's what Peter ultimately told the the leaders in the church. He said, if God says something is acceptable, don't say it isn't.
1: Mm.
0: He kind of funnels everything down (laughs) to that truth. It's Well, if God says it, who are we to say it's not? It is. And then it goes on to say, when the others heard this, all their objections, they were answered. And they began praising God. And they said, God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of turning from sin and receiving eternal life. This is great news for every living person Mm -hmm. on earth. And wow, Peter, again, a smack dab in the middle of all this. And a little bit later, soon after this, Paul is specifically commissioned to go travel around the Mediterranean area and establish churches and spread the good news to all nations, but it was Peter. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people attribute this conversion as the first Gentile right. conversion uh, that we find in history. And uh, John Polhill, a scholarly commentary, I can find these too. Yes, <laughs> they exist. <laughs> So um, so here's what he has to say. Peter became one of the greatest advocates mm. of the mission to the Gentiles. His testimony would be instrumental, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, in leading the mother church in Jerusalem mm. to ensure the Gentiles' mission and thus lend it legitimacy and continuity with the ministry of the apostles. It's yeah. a big-time story there.
1: Yeah, and Peter very influential in terms of the history yes. of the New Testament. You mentioned the Apostle Paul, Mm -hmm. so there is something that frames all of these characters in the New Testament, and that is there's three basic movements as you think about New Testament history. There's the historical Jesus, and that's what we find in the Gospels, and then the next big move is the establishment of the church in Jerusalem, and we read about that last week. And then the third significant move is the expansion of the church outside of Jerusalem. So three movements, historical Jesus, the church in Jerusalem, and then the church outside of Jerusalem. Outside of Jesus himself, who is the most important figure in the New Testament, of course, and throughout all of Scripture, there are three main characters that help frame all of this, and that's the Apostle Paul, who you mentioned. Peter, the one that we have been studying, And then a guy named James. James was the brother of Jesus and the author of the New Testament book of James. So the main characters in the New Testament, Peter, Paul, we could say Mary. We could put her into that mix as well. But Peter, Paul, Mary, and certainly James. But what's so fascinating about this is that Peter and Peter alone is the only disciple of those that followed Jesus and those that were with him at the very beginning who is involved in all three stages of Christian development. And again, that just speaks to how important Peter is as a historical figure and as a biblical figure yeah, as well. Certainly. So here's something that's interesting, Ben. And you can't really find a lot of research on this because it's not mentioned that much in scripture, so there's not a lot of scholarly work that has been contributed to this, but our guy, Peter, he was married. Again, we don't think about that that much. We see him as a fisherman, and he followed Jesus, but at some point, he did have a wife. Matthew chapter 8, Mark chapter 1, and Luke chapter 4 all talk about Peter's mother-in-law. So here's how Matthew summarizes this in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. Now, I think we find some interesting things in this passage, like Peter had a home. And I think that's an interesting aspect of his life. But probably the most important thing that's happening here is that a mother in law is identified. It's Peter's mother in law, which would naturally point to the fact that at some point he had a wife, but she is never mentioned in Matthew chapter 8, Mark chapter 1, or Luke chapter 4. And she's never mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, which I think is kind of strange. It's her mother who is sick here and in need of some support and help from Jesus, but his wife is never mentioned, only the mother-in-law, and she's only mentioned a few times. So scholars really don't know why, and again, there's not a lot of scholarly research on Peter's mother-in-law or his wife. Maybe Peter's wife just wasn't there. Her mother was sick. And maybe she was somewhere else and she is left out of the narrative because she wasn't part of what happened here. Or maybe Peter's wife was no longer living. And that's probably the most rational Mm -hmm. explanation that she had passed at some point prior to this event. Now, I did find this. And I think this is interesting. So Titus Flavius Clemens also... That is a name, yes. Also known as Clement of Alexandria. He lived from 150 to 215 AD. He was a Christian theologian and a philosopher. Apparently, he wrote this about Peter's wife. He said, they say, accordingly, that the blessed Peter, on seeing his wife led to death, rejoiced on account of her call and conveyance home." and called very encouragingly and comfortingly, addressing her by name, remember thou the Lord. Hmm. So tradition states, perhaps, that Peter's wife was martyred because of her faith. But the truth is, we don't know. That could be fake news, (laughs) could be fake news. Scripture doesn't say anything about Peter's wife or about her being martyred. We do know Peter had a mother-in-law, which means at some point he was right. married, and that's just kind of interesting. Now, here's something else that is interesting, Ben, and this isn't scholarly at all, <laughs> all right? right. <laughs> so I, I want everybody to still pay attention, so we'll, we'll bring it back here with a cartoon. Now, do you remember in week two, we talked about how Jesus fed thousands yes. of people, and he did that with two fish and five loaves of bread? Well, I began to wonder, what would that look like today if Jesus were to perform that miracle? And so I I found this cartoon. Yeah, here's Jesus. You know, I I can't eat that. (laughs) And has this fish been tested? And is that
0: bread gluten-free? A little harder to pull off these days, right?
1: You know, I think Jesus could still do it. I think he could, but it would be a a little more... Challenging for him, perhaps. Okay. The silent years. Right. There's a gap in information in scripture regarding the activity of Peter. And Christian tradition holds that Peter was martyred in Rome by the emperor Nero. And that he was put to death by crucifixion, actually. Somewhere between 64 or 65 A.D. Mm-hmm. So Peter lives approximately 30-ish years beyond the ascension of Jesus. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about Jesus going back to heaven, and he sent them back to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit to come, and that's what we talked about last week. So after Jesus returns to heaven, Peter has 30 more years. We know he was involved in the council of Jerusalem, which is talked about in Acts 14 and 15, which occurred in the late 40s or early 50s. So there's a gap, and we don't know everything that yeah. Peter was doing. About 15
0: or so years there.
1: That's right, and not a lot of information. Was he quiet? Was he retired? Was he silent? What do you think?
0: <laughs> well, silent silence in the Bible is always interesting to me. It's funny because scholars love silent years in scripture because they can make up all sorts of things as to to what could have been and and what they think. But there are some things that we can pull that I think we can relatively get certainty in regards to. The first is that was Peter silent, actually silent in these years? Probably not. Because Mm -hmm. as we have seen through this series, uh, Peter was never silent. Right. He was always speaking up and having to be pulled back and suffered from what many of us suffer from here at Valley Point, right? The old foot in mouth disease. Right.
1: <laughs> in fact,
0: Eric was just telling me about some <laughs> folks who, who suffer from, from that here. Of course. But we'll leave that out of right. the interview. <laughs> but this was a, 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 we also know that there's consensus that Peter, ended his life, or his life was ended for him as a mm-hmm. martyr in Rome. That's right. So from Jerusalem to Rome, that's a pretty significant distance. And, and it would have taken some time to travel in those areas. And throughout those travels, he would have been traveling through many different cities in which there would have been Christian churches that have been established, as we find out in Paul's missionary missionaries' journeys, that are documented within Acts. So most likely... Peter was was using these years to travel around to the different churches to encourage believers and then to make new converts to, to try to, to mm-hmm. get the good news to people who still had not heard of what the the of what the the claims of Jesus were. So that that's probably what most likely was going on. And then Adam Hamilton. In his book, Simon Peter, which we've been walking through in this series, he said this, it is easy to imagine the importance of Peter's travels as the leading apostle. He was the rock, which we talked about, in which Jesus had said that his church would be built. And so this makes Peter an eyewitness. Mm. And eyewitnesses in that day were extremely significant. This was really the only way to confirm claimed information. So there was a lot of value to Peter going to all of these different locations and saying, I was with Jesus. I experienced this. I saw the resurrected Jesus, and I saw the ascension. And and so he was this eyewitness. So it makes a lot of sense that he would have been using these years to travel around and just confirm the good news of Jesus everywhere that he would go. And then lastly, I I think it's fair to assume that Peter was faithful to the end, Mm -hmm. that he he spent his final days preaching the good news, not silent at all, but very much alive and preaching. Why else would, would he have been martyred? That's right. In Rome. Yeah. That's right. The research indicates Peter
1: was probably very active yes. in these mm-hmm. silent years where there's not a lot of information about him traveling and, and doing the things that you discussed. Okay, I found this meme scholarly? on the Last Supper. It is not scholarly, oh. no. So let's check out this meme. All right, the Last Supper, one of you will betray me, four of you will get book deals. So Jesus didn't actually say that, okay? He did say one of you will betray me, but he did not say four of you will get book deals. Actually, if you look at the list of disciples given to us in Scripture, it's fairly clear only three of them got book deals, not four, but that's for a different conversation. There are two books, in the New Testament, named 1st and 2nd Peter. They have Peter's name. Mm -hmm. But did Peter actually write both of these books? Well, let's think about that. 1st Peter, the early church, universally accepted 1st Peter and acknowledged its authenticity and authority and Peter as being the author. So there was some debate About that, but that was pretty much solved a long time ago. Second Peter, no other book in the New Testament has as many problems of authenticity as the book of Second Peter. Hmm. There are many scholars who really debate and wonder. Did Peter actually write this, or was it written by somebody else? Did Peter work through a scribe, perhaps, in putting all of this together? I've done a fair amount of research, and I think the internal evidence for 2 Peter, especially the first verse that talks about Peter himself, there's so much internal evidence That is reliable and trustworthy, that really points to Peter being the author of this. So, we have these two books, First and Second Peter. Here's what they do if you ever get the chance to read them, and I would encourage you to do that they challenge our faith, Mm -hmm. and they really encourage us to dig deep and to live in a bold way for Jesus which you would expect all of that type of content from an author like Peter because this is how he lived his life. So these are just great books. Yeah, they are. Okay. What fascinates you about Peter?
0: Yep. I think many things kind of do, but the one that that I like the most about Peter is his unapologetic enthusiasm to, to life in general. Mm-hmm. He, his successes, he rode those successes highly. But when he failed, he, he really felt the, the failure of his life. I think he really wore his emotions mm-hmm. on his sleeves, which got in his way sometimes, but also really gave him some success in life. He would, he, he would jump out in front. He's the one who hopped out of the boat, remember, right. when no one else was jumping out of the boat? He's no. like, wow. Well, this is you, let me try it. And he jumps <laughs> out and he gets ahead of everybody. Jesus is having to pull him back and rein him back in at times. But I don't think that, that Jesus really minds that. And one of the things I do is I coach Little League Baseball. And some of the coaches that I coach with, they get a little frustrated at the kids who get a little too aggressive. You know, maybe they're swinging at a bad pitch or they're, they're really eager to steal a base and they get they get thrown out or doing something that, that they just shouldn't have done because of they were just being a little too aggressive. And I try mm-hmm. to calm that down and say, no, I, I actually like that in my players because I would much rather have to pull a player back from being too aggressive right. than trying to kick him in the tail to get going. That's almost impossible. And I think Jesus found the value of a guy who was ready to just go after it. And yep, he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to do a lot of things wrong. But that's okay. I can use that. And that's what I want to be for for Christ. Someone who can someone can say, you know, keep God obviously in the center of this, but but just go. Go mm. and do point me in a direction and let's get right. something done. Let's make some mistakes, but let's let, let's let's do something mm. significant here.
1: There's something about a disciple in motion.
0: Yes, yeah. and I
1: think that's one of the other things that mm-hmm. we learn from Peter. He was always doing something, saying mm-hmm. something, and again, it got him in a lot of trouble. But he was in motion, and motion can be directed. Yeah,
0: energetic guy.
1: So Peter, we we see him been starting as a fisherman. That's that was his job. That's what mm-hmm. he did for a living. Jesus reaches out to him and calls him to follow. Peter does that. So he moves from being a fisher of fish to a fisher of people. Right. And he's even declaring this truth about Jesus, this great news. It's, it's available for all people. Encourage us with some more words from Peter. Encourage the church.
0: Yeah, because I think while Peter was an extremely enthusiastic guy, who could, could maybe get on people's nerves at times, I think he also had a very unique way of encouraging. Mm. And we see that throughout his, his testimony and his, the books that he wrote within Scripture. And so I believe that we can distill some things from Peter's teaching that can encourage all of us in some way today. So I want to break this up sort of into two categories. For those of us, first, firstly, who may be going through a really high season of success and joy and things are just really really good I think Peter has some words for us I think he would say this and these words are found in Peter chapter 5 keep a cool head and stay alert Mm. the devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping to get you off guard and to keep you off guard So here would be my encouragement to to you, is to not get overly confident in one, your faith, thinking that you may have a lot of things figured out Mm. and you've gone through some things. Don't get too confident because the enemy is really, really good at kicking our feet out from under us in those Mm. moments of confidence. And don't begin to think that the successes that you have is all from your ability to achieve and succeed. And and don't think that you have created some kind of foundation for yourself through your own work and success because everything we have, all the abilities we've had, the talent that we've been given, the education, the, the environments that we've been benefited with being a part of has led us to where we are, not of our own, but of God's grace and blessings in our lives so don't get too confident mm. and stay humble and don't let pride take over in those good times enjoy them enjoy the good times right. because certainly those valleys will be coming and that's that's the second group of, of individuals I'd like to encourage today is is maybe you're you're going through something uh, really difficult whether physically or emotionally or relationally whatever mm. that might be mentally There is some encouragement for you that Peter offers today. Later on in the same paragraph of Scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5, he says this, so keep a firm grip on the faith. This is encouraging. The suffering won't last forever. For those who have put their faith and and trust in Jesus alone to save you, here's what's coming. It won't be long before the Gener- before this generous God who has great plans for you in Christ, not just earthly plans, but eternal and glorious plans, they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. And he gets the last word. Mm. Yes, he does. So, my encouragement to you would be to stay strong, keep the faith as Peter did. Peter went through some very dark days, no doubt, uh, some fearful days. And he stayed strong and finished his race for Christ. Lean on your faith community, this church community, when you're going through difficult times. Don't isolate yourself. Don't, don't turn inward and push others away. That's when we really get ourselves into trouble. So let people in and keep people around you and engage. Mm. And may we all remember that our worst decisions they don't define us. That's right. And our worst decisions don't discredit us from mm. God's love or his ability to use our lives in great ways to impact others for him. Mm. And going back to the big idea, God does not define us by the worst things mm-hmm. that we have done. Mm.
1: First Peter chapter 5, that section you read there, ends with a funny statement to me where it says he, Peter's speaking about God, yeah he'll get the last word, which is just humorous because we always find Peter talking and getting into trouble with his words. And it's like he comes to the end of his life and recognizes, okay, God actually does get the last word. Humility
0: came with his walk with Christ.
1: That's right. Well, thank you for doing Mm -hmm. a lot of research. What I want to encourage you to do now is to look at your talk notes. And there are six big ideas that are listed there. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to look at those six big ideas and to identify one that is meaningful to you as you think about what's currently happening in your life and what you're experiencing and what you're facing right now, and to circle that and to commit to praying over that this week, to contemplating the words that are there, as you face everything that comes your way over the next few days and allow that to speak truth into your life. So you take 30 seconds to identify that and then I will share a benediction with us. our benedictions throughout this theme have been prayers that we have prayed for each other for our personal lives and for our church i want to pray this benediction over you today as we wrap up this theme i believe these words from first peter chapter four really capture the heart of our time together so i want to pray this over you go now into the world inspired by the extravagant love of God. Live generously with open hands, loving one another as if your lives depended on it. Be good stewards of the gifts you have received so that God may be glorified in all that you say and do. And may the abundant love of God surround you. May the extravagant grace of Jesus Christ sustain you. And may the constant presence of the Holy Spirit inspire and encourage you in every good deed and word. Amen and amen. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the gift of Peter. For what we have learned over these past few weeks as we have looked at different passages of scripture that just highlight his activity and and what he said and what he did and What we have learned is that he had good days and bad days and everything in between but you were always with him you were always with him and there is so much that we can take away from his life so I pray God as we think about these different big ideas and even consider the one we've highlighted out of the six help us to keep going back to that throughout the week and to consider what you want for us God, our mentor, Peter, has left us with a lot of information and there's so much that we didn't even discuss about his life. So help us to keep going back to your word and searching and thinking about this prominent New Testament figure. He was an eyewitness to Jesus and his life. He was part of that church in Jerusalem. He was part of the church as it expanded. Such an important person and so much for us to learn from him. Help us to keep going back to his life and saying, okay, time with Peter. If I do that, here's what it's going to teach me about Jesus. Help our hearts to be opened, help our minds to be awake, and help us to be so ready to act and to do what we see, to do what you want for each and every one of us. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us
0: a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.